And this is the We the People podcast. We have Josh Cross here from the Atascadero Chamber of Commerce with us today. Hello, Josh. How are you? Hello, Nick. I'm excellent. Thanks. How are you? You're you're you know doing good, and you're welcome. Uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for making the time today. Um, I know you've you've got a busy schedule. Um, I know you've, uh, you said you were getting through quite a bit of it um, in in November and maybe things are cleared up. I doubt it. Uh, highly likely uh, knowing what you have on your plate. Tell us a, a little bit about stepping into the role of uh, interim CEO at the Atascadero Chamber of Commerce and what life has been like so far and what you kind of expect going forward. Yeah, well, first off, Nick, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's, it's great to be here and to chat with you today. Yeah, the Chamber has been a fantastic gig. Uh, I started uh, just early October, and it's been like drinking from a fire hose. It's just uh, so much to accomplish and to an interject my own vision into the organization. And But not only that, I mean, at the same time, almost on the same day, I started teaching at Cal Poly part-time as well. And so doing both jobs right from the get-go was something I don't really recommend doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. two brand new jobs. But um, nonetheless, the chamber work is really rewarding. And the thing is that with the uh, pandemic right now, the way that chambers interact with their members uh, is just totally different than it was before, where we would have mixers and events, and that's how a lot of our membership perceive their value of their of what right. their annual dues. Right, the interaction and... Right, so trying to pivot and provide, um, you know, more uh, educational uh, events and uh, online virtual type programs uh, for people to use this maybe extra time that they have right now to learn a skill or learn something about our community that they didn't know before. And everybody's kind of in a pivot too, as well on their business. So yeah. you know, we're the so you started in October. Um, everybody in business knows that the period between March and October uh, was transformational, one way or another, to their business. And uh, so you stepping in, um, a lot of them have then become accustomed to a lot of the virtual tools, a lot of the, the in, uh, video st right. um, stream meetings and that, that kind of thing. Um, how, how was that transition when you, when you stepped in and was it already um, prepped for you in that? Did you feel like the, the constituency was, was ready um, and you, you could, you, there was a few things that you could step in and, and people were used to and then you kind of took it from there? Tell us about that. I think it's mixed. You know, I think that by October, people were used to the Zoom call format. Uh, but what I wasn't prepared for was kind of the uh, Zoom fatigue. Uh, people are in Zoom meetings all yeah. day. And even though we put a lot of uh, effort and time and energy into making these really fantastic programs, getting people to jump on another Zoom call at 4 o'clock in the afternoon or 5 o'clock for our ATOX event, it's, uh, that's a bit of a challenge to do that. So we've, got a, we've been really focused on making sure that the content that they are listening to is information they can't find anywhere else or learn anywhere else. Right. So talking to um, or getting the, uh, the county's um, uh, color charts broken down from, uh, from Penny Bornstein, uh, getting information from James, Dr. James Brescia from the County Office of Education. Right. 
that's what the what we're focused on right now is getting that information. So, uh, but overall, yeah, it was easy for us just to ramp up, get our Zoom subscription, and you know, go online. And quite honestly, it's made us more efficient as a uh, uh, as an organization. Sure. Not, right. We're not sure. Traveling. I think a, a lot of us can relate to that. Um, that there's been aspects towards, especially as somebody who's involved in extracurricular and nonprofit work, mm -hmm. the, the fact that, you know, we, there's, there's an, um, an element to in-person that is, that you, you can't duplicate and you can't replicate it. And it's, it's invaluable to our, to our business exp experience, to our, our human experience. Uh, but the, but some of the stuff that we have been doing in person is actually e easily taken care of through a Zoom call, um, some some meetings that yeah. can actually be um, streamlined and actually take out half hour to an hour of your day that you don't spend either traveling to or from and different things that, that do make it a little bit easier. Yeah, and super efficient. And you know, we understand that the, there is a, such a demand or a need for that interaction with other people. So we try and carve out time at the beginning of our ATOX events, for example, uh, for uh, chat, is it called breakout rooms in Zoom? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And give everyone a few minutes to introduce themselves, talk about their business, and make some new connections. And they're all randomly assigned, so there, uh, there's no uh, ability to just talk with people you know. You're meeting new people. You're forced to uh, network, in a sense. And uh, actually, people love that. It's 10 minutes, goes by super fast. And it's uh, a really good way to meet some local professionals. Yeah, and that's what it's about. I mean, the the Chamber of Commerce um, is, and, and I'll let you speak to it. I'll just kind of lay some some groundwork uh, concepts here, the, from my understanding, that uh, is there to just improve the business networks and improve the the atmosphere for business in a community, um, and then beyond that, um, meeting people who come into. I mean. The Chamber of Commerce is one of the first places, if not the first place, somebody goes when they when they start a business or move to town. Uh, you're the welcoming committee for either people who understand how business works and just want to introduce themselves, or people who are starting a business or moving their business here. You're the first place they go. So right. uh, walk through that process. Have you have how has that element been for us in the business um, atmosphere? Has there been new businesses? Um, being created, new coming in. What's the atmosphere like right now in Atascadero? Yeah, we definitely think of ourselves as the front porch of the community. Definitely the first uh, organization that many people interact with when they come to town. And our visitor center, while it's closed, uh, we still get a number of people walking by and knocking on our door. And we let them in and we give them the, the uh, newcomers club information and the trail maps and all the brochures of all the different uh, uh, amenities and activities around town. So from a tourism and a new um, residence perspective, you know, we still see quite a bit of folks coming by to get that information. New business information, it seems like everyone knows to go online now. So okay. we're trying to ramp up our uh, webpage and uh, send people to our local partner organizations like SCORE and SBDC and the um, What's BC, SBDC? Small Business uh, Development Center. Okay. And they are right now are out of San Luis Obispo at the they call it the hot house in downtown yeah, Slow. Right. 
and SCORE, I'm not really sure what that stands for, but basically free mentorship for starting your business. Right. Um, it is an acronym, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm una, unaware of exactly. <laughs> it's five, but if you put five acronym, you know, letters in an acronym, we're going to lose us, right? But yeah. SCORE is pretty easy. They're, yeah. great, they're a great organization. They are. Uh, another one we send people to is MCSC, Mission Community Services uh, something, and they focus on uh, women and minority-owned businesses, and they are a wealth of information. So while we... Are they in San Luis also? They're... They are their uh, offices in San Luis, but they're happy to meet anywhere okay. in the county. Same with SCORE. Okay, right. Um, and right now, I think a lot of their meetings are being done virtually. Yeah. But the chamber itself, we we have um, we have a, a, a pretty vast knowledge of the new business startup and how to get permits and applications and things like that. But we partner with those organizations to be the experts in a step-by-step -step process people who have done it a hundred times, they're the ones that we refer new business owners to speak to. So your question is, what have we seen lately? Yeah, what's the atmosphere like? Yeah. What's the, the growth, the, is it, what's, what's the movement look like? I feel like the staying at home and working from home has inspired this entrepreneurial spirit here in our community. And it's probably not unique. Probably everyone's got this new idea and they figure, you know what, I can work from home. Uh, and it's not, and they're enjoying it. So uh, we are seeing a number of new small business uh, uh, business licenses coming from the city. Okay. Uh, we track those every month to see what's coming in, and the, there's been a great uptick in yeah small uh, home-based businesses, and I think that trend is going to continue. And Atascadero is so ripe for that because. You know, we're uh, a bedroom community in the sense that people sleep here and then work in surrounding communities, mostly right. San Luis Obispo. But now people are working in their bedrooms, <laughs> right. working from home. And there's a great opportunity for us to capture our own economy here in Atascadero. And that is so important for our future economy is getting those entrepreneurs, that uh, those business-minded folks to start new businesses here in town and once pandemic uh, restrictions uh, are eased, there's an opportunity for them to maybe move into a larger office space here in town. So uh, right. it's actually kind of an exciting time uh, for the Atascadero economy. You know, the, uh, one of the interesting things I've seen uh, in, and this is in Paso, but it, it relates to the small business um, atmosphere or the, the economy, um, in that area, in office spaces and professional businesses, is um, during the the first few months of the the shutdowns, um, we kept our our satellite office in Paso Robles, um, and then after a few months, uh, we revi revi uh, revisited that, took a look at what we needed, um, and, and a couple of months later, we closed that office down, and we're looking around now for another location. Um, my expectation was with the, the shutdowns was that the some of these businesses that were uh, maybe not doing so well maybe were you know pivoting on their own and seeing you know what else they ha they could do where they could cut costs i expected office space to be available and in paso robles that has not come to fruition at all it's it is as tight as ever um, even less office space now over really? the past six months than I've seen. Um, a few restaurants have gone up and, and yeah. a restaurant, right. larger spaces have been available. 
but as far as like an office space like this one or something we would need in Paso, um, nothing came on the market. It was very interesting um, to see that and still, you know, I check it regularly to see, you know, yeah. what's happening out there. Uh, and that, that may, like you talked about, uh, with somebody who is starting a small business and wanting to uh, then maybe grow that business, maybe get a little more visibility. Um, office space may still be um, an issue, especially here in Atascadero, uh, but you guys have uh, Bridgeworks. Tell us a little bit about that. Right, exactly. And that is great news to hear, Nick, about Paso. Uh, I don't have a good uh, pulse on our uh, office space in Atascadero, but I, do, I can speak uh, to Bridgeworks and uh, Bridgeworks is a co-working space attached to the Chamber of Commerce. We're downtown Atascadero, across from the Galaxy Theater. And right now we have about a 2,000 square foot co-working space. And um, it, in February, it was full. It was 100% occupied. And uh, with the pandemic, we uh, found that most of the uh, people that were renting desks uh, were given permission to work from home or were unfortunately laid off. So we have some vacancies available. But we also found even before the pandemic that the model has switched from kind of an open office layout where people are working around a common desk to really a demand for private offices, small private offices. Okay. Kind yeah. of what you're talking that about makes sense, at a reasonable yeah. rate. So, you know, we provide uh, the photocopier and internet and utilities and janitorial right. and coffee and water and a conference room and all these amazing amenities uh, in one low price each month. So we're actually constructing uh, five new offices right now. We're kind of reconfiguring the office. Okay. We have people lined up for a couple of them. And you're reconstructing that space inside? Yes. Yeah. We're okay. We're okay. Yeah, reconfiguring it and using this kind of downtime to um, rethink our business model and to accommodate yeah. those people who want privacy, who want um, to be able to close the door and that's you know um, where we see the future of this co-working space especially all right and uh, that if you look at the kind of the trend um, and the popularity of different spaces over the past decade um, that co-working space is kind of modeled off of, off of that open for um, open format um, and so then now we're seeing maybe as as these that as the need for that is now evolving people are like okay that was good for that time period and now like you guys you are evolving with the <coughs> excuse me with the time yeah. with the demand right. and you guys are actually um, adapting what you have to offer to what the demand is which is good to hear from a, a chamber of commerce that um, that you're aware of the trends that you're aware of the needs of the business and that you're actually adapting your models to fit that um, it, which is something if we look at chambers of commerce over the past 30 years, the past generation, <coughs> the, the value that people see in chambers of commerce has, has needed that yeah, infusion right. of innovation. Yeah. What's, what's the, that look like going forward? Well, the whole idea is to become a uh, innovation hub or an uh, entrepreneurial hub. We want people to use our workspace to vet their ideas, to smart start their small business, uh, to grow them, to support them uh, with services from SCORE, from MCSC, from the EEVC, the Economic Vitality Corporation. And, and ideally, then once they get to a certain size, they 
launch, so to speak, into the greater community. And that's, that's our goal. So if we can start a, a, a business with a small office and just give them all the resources and tools they need and mentorship, then that's, that's our goal is to grow the workforce locally here in town and to create jobs which um, you know, are, uh, increases our community's tax revenue overall and then the community has the tax revenue to invest into the community through infrastructure, parks, programs. So that's the whole idea. And we feel like our space really has a big opportunity to, to start all of that. Yeah, when you look at uh, small businesses um, and their growth trajectory, uh, there is a real value in even if your business models or business um, industries are vastly different when you're starting a new business there's a lot of common things you need to either know or understand or navigate um, if you don't know anything about business at all and you're like I have an idea I want to start it uh, where do I start um, you get a, a group of people together who are on that same trajectory they're gonna be able to share information uh, it, and I saw it uh, firsthand when I was moving from, uh, when we were purchasing one of our, uh, the companies we own now, we, um, I went to the bank, you know, going to get a loan, okay, look at SBA loans and going through that process and they actually sent me to SCORE. Um, and so through that process, I, I got to engage to whatever level that I had the energy or time to do, and then you know that that was a real positive experience for me. Um, you, you mentioned score um, MB SC. SC. Mm -hmm. uh, go into a couple of those uh, different organizations that are here. You talked about um, one being focused on minority um, and and uh, women owned. I think uh, and go into each one of those. Um, entities and just give us a, a brief sure. synopsis yeah. of what SCORE is, what the, what the other ones are. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start with SCORE. SCORE is an organization that uh, does exactly what they say. These are retired, typically retired folks who have launched businesses who have successful careers in finance or entrepreneurialism or leadership and they just know the process. So they uh, so I reached out to SCORE too when I uh, had a, a side hustle for a while and they kind of talk, walk you through, okay, here's what you do to get your, uh, your business license, to get your bank account, to get your, um, uh, what's it called, and uh, DBA, doing business as. Right. Which with your paper, it's just easy enough to call up and say, hey, hey right. and I need to run this article or this uh, and, uh, DBA. So they help. That's one way that they helped me, but they can also help you with uh, the small business loans and uh, just general um, uh, business plans, models, all of that. So they have like documents and resources that they kind of sit down with you and go page by page with you to make sure um, that you are in fact ready to open a business. So And those are volunteers. They are. They are volunteers. I actually, I think that the SCORE model, the uh, volunteers get paid, you know. A little like stipend or something for doing bit. it. Okay. Yeah. So not, it's not much. But anyway, uh, that's a great organization. They've helped a lot of local um, community uh, companies. The MCSE, Mission Community Services 
I'm not sure what the last coalition maybe something. something like that. Yeah. Yes, and they're out of San Luis and very similar to SCORE, but but their focus is on minority and women-owned businesses. So uh, that uh, they have obviously they have a wide reach around the county. They actually work in uh, Monterey County as well, and uh, a great organization uh, for uh, businesses that need special assistance. Um, uh, they have interpreters. They have people that have opened um, uh, Hispanic-owned businesses, women-owned businesses. So uh, very similar model, just different demographic. And then the EVC, the Economic Vitality Corporation, is kind of a regional organization that uh, helps, I think, coordinate our regional efforts towards economic growth. So looking at workforce, jobs, uh, looking at industry clusters and things like that. Where can we, what are we good at as a region and what can we grow? Which, which uh, pockets of our uh, county can we focus on and grow so that we can attract businesses that are um, supporting those industries? So uh, they're a great organization, same with um, another region, uh, another organization called REACH, and they do something very similar to the EVC. Mm -hmm. So we've got uh, four really good uh, regional resource organizations. We call them partner organizations to help folks out. Yeah, and they, they sound like they're on different levels, um, depending on where, uh, what your business is, um, what industry it's in, or maybe what geographic location you're looking at. Somebody could be uh, headquartered here in Atascadero, but doing regional work, and maybe the EVC might be a great resource for yeah, them. Right. There could be, um, you know, they, you, if you look at, like, um, and I'm going to butcher this again, uh, MBSC? MCSC. MCSC. Um, so MCSC, um, you know, when you talk about um, a, uh, a minority-owned or, or women-owned business, um, maybe, maybe they're, you know, they need special resources that, you know, um, you, like you talked about, a language barrier um, issue what, that prevents them maybe from having even the courage to step out and say, I'm going to do this. This is, a, this is a, something that I can, and I know I can get resources and help. Um, I, I know what it, it's like at certain times in life to need a helping hand, uh, somebody to walk you through something where maybe take look, taking a look at the elephant is overwhelming. You get uh, – you get uh, – discouraged and you need that um, somebody to look at your idea and go no you have something here let's walk through that process and so those organizations yeah. are are there for uh, the benefit and that's the thing you don't have to go this alone uh, a lot of people don't even know about these resources and they're there and they're just desperate to help people and that's one of the great things that the chamber can do is we act as traffic control so if you give me a call and tell me a little bit about your your business I can say okay well uh, you're a women-owned uh, business. Let's connect you with uh, MCSC. Uh, or uh, I'm looking for uh, you know 40,000 square feet of office space. Okay, let's talk to the EVC. So uh, right. definitely, if anyone's out there and they're feeling like they need assistance and they don't know who to contact, uh, reach out to myself, Josh at atascadorechamber.org, or Nick. Um, what's your email, Nick? Uh, Nick at 13starsmedia.com. Yeah. Um, you can also call the Atascadero News Office and, and yeah. uh, get us here. And he'll, yeah, he'll forward your, uh, uh, your request over to me. And so we really 
are truly invested in helping businesses grow. And whatever we can do, we're here for you. We're, this, is, uh, this is exactly what the chamber can help with. Yeah, and, and our partnership um, is pretty closely tied. You have uh, us, um, you guys, the city of Atascadero, and the county office over at the library, uh, above the library in Atascadero. And those four stops right there are kind of your, your first you know, stop. You're going to hit one of those four in, a, in some kind of a cycle. Right. Uh, no matter what you're doing in Atascadero, you're going to come through that. Um, and then uh, I did want to speak to SCORE uh, and you know, the introduction. I mean, I think so much of starting a new business or being, uh, and that's why you guys are, are so valuable and also have been, you know, Chambers of Commerce being relevant through uh, decades and decades. You know, the task there, I think, is celebrating a century. That's or right. This 2021 is our 100 year All right. anniversary, which was really fun to uh, go into my office and find this 100 year old stamp that the chamber used to. Uh, stamp letters with and uh, here we are a hundred years later and it's, it's unfortunate we don't get to celebrate the way that we want to because uh, of the COVID restrictions but uh, we may have a hundred and one anniversary to make up for it. Well like the uh, I think the uh, the Mid-State Fair uh, it was in 2020 it was going to be their 75th yeah. and uh, who else? Paso uh, had theirs. Uh, Paso had their hundred. Yeah. yeah, their hundredth was uh, you know was twenty twenty, um, and then there was there's another organization that had uh, had an anniversary. Oh, the uh, Pioneer Day was ninetieth, so that's a big uh, big milestone as well for Pioneer Day. So yeah, like I don't know what twenty twenty one is going to be. It's like a do over. I don't know how you know it's going to be like. Well, here we go. This is yeah. now. Uh, you know, the, the, the 75th, of course, I think, uh, is going to be huge as long as we can, um, make it happen for the mid-state fair and that kind of thing. And those, those bigger, bigger picture items that we've all suffered through coming through 2020, um, have hurt local business in, in a way that, um, uh, is, is measurable, but it's also, there's, there's that, that difference between what could have happened and what didn't happen and what happened last year and what you can compare things to and try to break down what was the, the economic uh, damage. What was the what was the overall uh, drop? I, we can look at our year over year, but we all can also look at well, our year over year is one thing, but our our introduction into 2020 being a a huge boon uh, in January and February before we we and and in, even into March before we shut down the economy um, in California, um, that that was lo looking at being our biggest year ever so it's not only the year-over-year year loss but it's also the gains that were coming in that were also um, significant losses that really um, we, we all kind of uh, bunkered down as a as a community as a as a business community um, and and have pivoted stayed alive stayed thriving for some of us um, some some businesses really took advantage of the the situation um, some of the businesses maybe, you know, took a hiatus. Maybe they, they said, you know, we're going to take six months. We're not going to open. I, I think some of the restaurants like McPhee's, they just shut it down. They did what they had to do. They, they shut it down and they did not open. Some other businesses, uh, other restaurants found a way to do takeout and different things. So there's, there's been a lot of different ways that people have adapted to this. Um, and you're watching what happened. Um, what were some of the businesses that really, you know, put a smile on your face? I would say like, what, 
you know, what businesses uh, changed their business model to make it something that thrived in this area. And it was like, that's, that was a great move by then. Uh, did you see any of, of that over the 2020? One business in particular I think of is Anna and Co. She was Anna and Mom, and now she's uh, she pivot. I hate that word pivot, but uh, it's overused right now. It's so it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, there's it's not it's a better word is, for right. it. She's modified uh, and reimagined she, is one right. of the other ones too. <laughs> reimagined our business. Uh, anyway, she moved into a bigger spot down the street from where her uh, current store was on Entrada. And basically doubled her square foot uh, footage, and uh, she has learned how to do daily Facebook Live posts, and yeah. she features a few products each day, and she wasn't doing that before. So that was a really innovative way to uh, change her business model and make it work, and she's doing well. Um, well, she's one of those that expanded during yeah, the, 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 the pandemic yeah. this year. Um, another one of those is uh, one of her neighbors, uh, Farron. Um, Farron Elizabeth expanded and, and opened a men's store. Right. You know, yeah. Farron's been a very successful uh, women's clothing um, yeah. store. She opened a men's store across the street from her. So th so like, like some of these businesses are, are taking advantage of something in the market that they're able to use to their advantage where others are um, are you know taking a big hit um, it just it's kind of the way it it's it's a it was kind of like a stress test this year was a stress test like how good are you doing are you just barely making it and and those who have developed strategies and and uh, a, even a business culture that um, is able to manage that uh, that and navigate that stress yeah. um, have been able to really succeed. And you've seen, you know, and our industry is one of those uh, in, in print um, already being one of those things that's looked at with um, trepidation for investors or, or you know, biz, as a right. business model that, you know, some of them have, have taken a, a big hit and some like we have been able to uh, re revisit our entire business plan, find out where things are working where things aren't working and and really uh, concentrate our business on what is really working uh, through this and that made us stronger and more powerful moving forward it consolidated things it concentrated our mass um, and some other businesses were doing that too it's really it's really cool to see those those yeah. businesses expand There's, but I would say one of the things that the chamber is um, interested in is helping those businesses that don't have that online presence yet that don't have a social media presence because uh, that's there uh, it's unfortunate but there are a number of uh, uh, restaurants and retail shops in our downtown that don't have that presence and they don't know they don't have the skills to start that up yet so you know can we um, you know provide part-time IT assistance to those businesses to you know, bring them into the 21st century. We love those businesses downtown. We want them to succeed. They just need a few tools to bring them to that next level. Right. And that's something the chamber is uh, monitoring closely. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, right now, and we'll, and we'll get into uh, the color-coded uh, COVID restriction and, and uh, the uh, what's coming down from the, the governor of uh, California, but the, the changes p uh, that have 
had to be dealt with over the past six months and, and eight months, 10 months, um, constantly uh, puts a question mark out there. The, you know, people don't know, are, are, is a place open? Is it not open? Sh you know, should I call? If I call and they're busy and they don't answer, I maybe I'll assume they're closed. They're, and so you have uh, Facebook, Google, um, as probably the two main places for a business um, uh, information center that, that those services provide where you can change your, your phone, your not your phone number, your um, hours of operation. Um, you can say, yeah, we're closed on Thanksgiving. And, and Google will actually send emails. If you're hooked up with them and you've done the work to get your, your business registered with them, they'll send you emails saying, hey, are you open on the 4th of July? Let, you, let your customers know right. what your hours are. And they actually make that process not too difficult no. to put in a temporary change of hours and things like that. So you guys can help somebody get to where they're comfortable Absolutely. managing that on their right. own, whereas maybe they haven't gone through that process. So that'd be something that yeah, absolutely. people can call Actually, you what we have right now is the chamber is conducting a weekly webinar series with, in partnership with Grow with Google. And uh, for those of you that are, are um, new to Grow with Google, it's um, basically a series of uh, free online webinars uh, to use Google tools to enhance your business. Uh, getting found on um, Google, how to use Google Analytics, um, marketing plans, uh, using Google's best practices. Uh, things like that, and those are every Wednesday from 12.30 to 1.30. Uh, the series is posted on the Chamber's website, and uh, it is, um, you know, jump in when you can, watch the ones you can, and we have a resource library, a virtual resource library that records the ones that you miss, so you can go back and watch them, but uh, there are tutorials out there on how to get your business on Google, not only just out of their chamber, but just on, you can just Google how to get on Google and <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, find it that way as well. But it's, that is so important, Nick, is getting those uh, those hours uh, on your website, getting you know, just getting a website uh, domain is important. And right. um, getting that presence uh, so people can find you. Yeah, no, that's that's hugely important. Uh, Google, you know, my, my take on Google is that uh, for businesses, it's uh, absolutely uh, uh, a valuable resource um, across the board. You have uh, a solid email system in Gmail. You have, if you um, sign up uh, with um, some of the other Google um, office offerings, uh, they have unlimited online storage and, and, and some other things that, that really make it a, a place where you can navigate everything all in one place. Um, they've done a good job there. Um, and I did want to jump into uh, the – when you stepped in as the interim CEO um, in October, uh, that may have been either right before or right after uh, the governor of California um, implemented a new – um, strategy in um, in operating through color levels, and we, and they still had numbers like the the um, the COVID level that you were in based on a, a number of parameters, uh, like uh, you know the number of positive tests and different things, um, and switched it to color coded. Um, what has been your experience in helping? You you mentioned that at the beginning of our our show that uh, you had. Um, discussions and, and some of your um, 
Zoom calls and, and meetings uh, to help people understand where those are at with um, and how they affect their business. It affects everybody's business a little differently and knowing what, you know, we're an essential business, um, which has been nice this whole time. Uh, we have been able to operate at full speed um, the entire time, but a lot of businesses have had to adjust based on what level we're in as a community. What's that discussion been like? What have been um, some of the challenges? What should people know about um, as we go from purple to red to, to orange and yeah. all that, yeah? Uh, we uh, were, I think about a month ago today, just celebrating the fact that we're about to go to orange. We were right. a day or two away from going to orange and then just like that overnight we went back to purple, which was uh, just really frustrating and really disappointing. The movie theaters have just opened. I mean, they, they yeah. basically two days opening and now shut. So frustrating and I couldn't feel worse for Lauren who's um, one of the managers over there. Right. Uh, this has been a rough first year for him, yeah. to say the least. So, absolutely, going back to purple has just been devastating news for us. And I feel especially um, for our um, gyms and our, for our restaurants uh, and service industry folks because right now, the I think there's people are going to celebrate the holidays by going out and dining. They'll think of it as a novelty to go out and sit outside in the cold and the heater and such. And they might yeah. do that for the rest of the year. But come January 1, I think those those date nights, those holiday January's parties. January's al already really difficult for especially restaurants. Right. And yeah. So they're going to be really hurt. So we're you know just racking our brains to see well, what can we do to help them. Um, so one of the things we're going to do is – um, we're hosting a restaurant roundtable just to discuss who's doing what and what our best practices and are there grants available. So there's that. The, I think that the service industry has been hit the worst. But last night, the governor, um, did you see this yet? No, The governor maybe not. had a, new, a news uh, a press release, and they are, um, uh, because they're aware that we're going to stay in the purple tier for quite some time, uh, purple tier once again being the most restrictive, especially for restaurants and not they're not allowed to have any indoor dining from what I can see uh, same with gyms can't operate inside a gym movie theaters so uh, what the governor has done is he is uh, releasing uh, I think it's 500 million dollars in uh, grants to small businesses and nonprofits that you can apply for uh, I think that's starting in the next day or two uh, for relief before being in the purple uh, category. They're also doing tax incentives for a period of, I believe, three months. Uh, so all that information uh, is going to be available um, on the state's website, uh, but also the chamber is going to be producing um, a post about it later today to read Excellent. all about that. So there is relief coming, which is good news, but I don't know that I'm just really hoping it's going to be enough to keep these businesses they're so vital to the vibrancy of our community right yeah I um, well there was a recent uh, news article came out yesterday and I thought this topic had been discussed before but that they were in California they're saying that uh, there was you know folks with antibodies uh, for COVID in December of last year so that this was actually here potentially spreading um, unbeknownst to all of us um, 
prior to it ever coming over from, you know, we had the whole drama with the cruise ships off the coast of California, mm -hmm. all that, but, you know, prior to all of that. Um, and we, we feel like looking even before that um, article that our office here in January um, suffered cases of COVID. We had, we had unexplainable illnesses that had, that had um, matching symptoms across the board. My wife, who never gets sick, uh, had two days where she, you know, had, uh, you know, really high-grade fever and and was was out for so the count. Yeah. So, and and another person who had a long long-standing cough and, and trouble breathing. Um, so, so you have you have all this all this information. We, I would say that we're very cavalier. Like you have you have. Uh, this this entire scope of attitudes toward COVID, and they're they're not simpatico. You know, they're they're not the same across the board. And and people shouldn't really take the COVID restrictions across the board um, equally in in terms of their own personal health. You know, I'm not talking about how they, they interact with the, the community, but everybody's going to be uh, their own personal health is what is the problem, uh, whether or not they're susceptible and have comorbidities and different things or whether they're completely healthy, and some completely healthy, very random, um, and, and very small percentage would actually be completely healthy and be, have some really bad um, symptoms from COVID. Um, a lot of people, I, I would say that I, I um, have contracted it and had, you know, it was asymptomatic. Um, but you have um, a lot of these, um, a lot of problems around that. It causes, like you said, not just a business frustration, but a personal frustration, and we're all dealing with that. Um, I think we did a really good job of, of uh, coming together in March and, and even April, um, and then from then, uh, you know, my personal feelings toward how the governor has approached this whole thing has been very unscientific. Um, I, I think one of the biggest things that I, I was uh, just a, a forehead slap on was when we, uh, it was during the summer, finally some of the health, um, health and beauty um, places were able to open and within um, like a week of, or two weeks of them being able to be open, they had to shut back down because cases were going up. Now that, that to me isn't a, a problem because of their businesses being open. They're very small, they're you know, doing nails or whatever. Um, and they got it. They got it pretty bad. So it's been really difficult for I think a lot of businesses and a lot of frustration in terms of what is making sense. And now, um, so all of that though aside, because uh, I don't think we'll ever have a, a group consensus on how this was handled, mm -hmm. or 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 even where we go for. We're just going to try to do our best, right? And you guys are great. Um, a, a great resource for that on, on delivering information so people can understand it. Um, I'm glad to hear about the restaurants coming together and figuring that out. Um, I, uh, one of the things that has just been very ironic, I don't even know wh what the right word is. Absurd is, is a word that comes to mind, but you have these restaurants that you can't dine in indoors. So they, okay, so well, we're gonna put a tent outdoors. Okay, we're gonna put a tent with four walls. Okay, now we have an indoor-outdoor. We have actually a patio that, what is the difference between it being indoors? The, in, in certain places, some places in, uh, in the bigger cities where they're actually building plywood, you know, in, 
structures, yeah. you know, just just uh, two by fours and plywood on the street, and and you're literally indoors, outdoors, and as long as you're not within the square footage of your permitted, right. you know, it's it's the most bizarre thing um, that that I could imagine. It just it it doesn't it doesn't speak highly for a lot of the leadership, but I think the the main point that I've gotten out of this is that it's it's really one i'm a huge believer in personal responsibility um, but on the other end of it it's really the communities on the ground level coming together and figuring out how we're going to support each other how we're going to help each other through this because it doesn't all make sense it doesn't all come together like a puzzle it is something that is is and and when we do get a few pieces in place they the table seems to turn so i uh, just want a huge uh you know, a shout out to you guys at the ground level, helping people navigate what they can't seem to wrap, maybe wrap their logical mind around and just getting one step closer and, and staying, staying um, alive in this time where it, it, it could be um, a huge boon, a huge benefit during the fourth quarter. And we're just kind of feel like we're barely making yeah. it. And regardless of my, you know, personal feelings, you know, on rep in representing the chamber, definitely pro-business, pro-business, um, being responsible, and uh, opening the facilities in a, a, a safe way to uh, engage with their customers. There's got to be a better way than what's going on right now, and I hope that those um, discussions are happening at the state level because... Uh, our businesses need to open. They're, our restaurants need uh, diners. They need butts and seats. And what are, you know, we are looking at ways to advocate at a, a policy level to you know bring that change. You know, you're right about people having personal responsibility. It's up to you. You got are you going to wear a mask in a restaurant and uh, and then the stores you're going to go in. You know, you got to not only protect yourself but the people that work there as well. And so. It's a bit of give a give and take, and there's, unfortunately, there just needs to be a better solution than what's out there right now. Yeah, and I think a lot of, uh, and I think there are valid arguments that people have had about the corporations, Target, the, the Walmarts, the, the Costco's being allowed to be open. Um, and right. I, I follow uh, mm -hmm. a, a guy on Twitter, um, name is Andrew Gruel. He's a chef mm -hmm. in LA. Uh, he's very vocal. He um, and you know he advocates for restaurants and you know the the idea that they are uh, trained and and monitored by the health department. Um, so they are people who are constantly um, licensed and and verified and qualified as being clean. They're graded. They're rated. They're they're um, sus subjected to inspection. And they, so their standards, and his argument is their standards, standards are very high already. They are, they are clean. They know how to do all of this. Um, it's, they, they have served, they serve the, uh, the nation, right? They serve the nation meals. Mm -hmm. That's what they do every day, all day. Uh, health and wellness and, and sanitation is built into their processes and to have them shut down when they're licensed and, and inspected and, and trained to be healthy where, you know, you're, you're, and I'm, and I'm sorry, there's, 
I, I'm going to dig on, on Costco here. Like you, you go to Costco and I love Costco. Um, I really appreciate people shopping for, uh, us right now in different ways. You, you have your different services that oh, you can right. order things from Costco and, and it comes. Um, but I, we, when we do go shopping down there, I've seen, I mean, there's a guy walking around with, uh, with a backpack, one of those backpacks, like he's almost like a bug sprayer, um, type of backpack. And yeah. he's just willy nilly spraying like mist in the air, you know, uh, you know, sanitation uh-huh. stuff. It's like that, that didn't get that table. I just watched it. That, that right. table's not clean, no. you know, not if that's all they did. Right. Right. No. So, so you have, there's just a vast difference and it's like almost this, this appearance of, of, um, of safety is okay for those corporations where the actual, you know, service industry level um, specific, I mean, they, they know they can't have salmonella in their food. They know what this stuff is and they protect against it. So the, the fact that they are being, uh, you know, really, I think, penalized for in their industries. And I go back to like the health industry and the, or the health and beauty industry as well. These, these are places that, that get inspected by the right. health department. Yeah, well, don't quote me on this, but it, I think what I've read or heard is that, you know, most of the cases are happening at, um, you know, fam- not family gatherings, but group gatherings. Yeah. And not necessarily at restaurants, but just large gatherings. And, you know, so there, I think there is opportunity to soften restrictions on, um, you know, office environments and r- restaurants because uh, the cases aren't occurring in those instances, in those locations yeah. as much. No, and, and and don't quote me on on anything as well. I'm just I'm I. It's like you yeah. said at the beginning. It's this whole thing has been a fire hose of information, right. and yeah. sometimes you get sprayed from two different angles with two different flavors. Right. And it it is it has not been um, not been as well done um, as as I think it could have been. And I'm and I'm sorry. And I could dig probably on on Gavin Newsom all day. Uh, to, uh, you know, in, in terms of like a whole show. Uh, but I will say this, the, the, the examples that have been set by those, including Gavin Newsom, the mayor of Denver, uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, governor of New York, the examples that they have set for, for how they personally treat this while they're saying something else is we're, we're all pretty familiar with the actions speak louder than words. Got to walk the talk. talk yeah. Them, right. Mm-hmm. It, if, if you're not taking it as seriously as you're telling me to take it, well, I'm going to follow your actions and I'm going to follow your example. And that has been a very, uh, you, you can either call it illuminating, enlightening, disappointing, however you want to sit on that particular moment. It's been inconsistent and it's and that's and that's not to been to the benefit of anybody out here so when it comes to to uh the leadership i i and i go i i put it on our state by state i think every state needed to do this on their own and so i do i do see a you know a gap there um in leadership because it's not it's not like what they're saying or what they're doing uh, then a company can come in and go, oh, I see an actual need here. I'm going to supply this need. It, it really sets up just kind of a little bit of a chaos where nobody knows what to think, what to figure out, or what to kind of uh, appreciate about the moment. Um, and, and then again, I think it all comes down to being 
on the ground in your community, knowing what your needs are. Maybe maybe people need food, you know, um, and you got loaves and fishes. You have you have uh, food banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have different places right. where, you know, that's that's kind of where we are, and it's and it really is interesting that as the greatest country on planet Earth, that's where we really are as a as a community. So. Um, back, I, I think, you know, using that spin into another avocation for for being a, a member of the Chamber of Commerce, being connected to that business community so you right. can be aware of not only what's coming down from the state, but also what are companies, what are businesses doing here in Atascadero, here in San Luis, um, Templeton, Paso Robles, uh, what are we doing to make sure that the investment we've made um, Anna and Mom, you talked about Anna and Co. Um, Fair and Elizabeth, um, new businesses that just started their business right in February, thinking this was going to be the greatest year of their lives. They've invested everything in it, and all they want to do is get through that dark tunnel to the light on the other side. Yeah. The business community, um, as a as an entity, is where a lot of that support is going to come from, um, and of course, you know, some some and the grants that can be available at the state level through information through the chamber of commerce can help people maybe bridge that financial gap that they're facing mm-hmm. um, everybody you know we want to have the best uh, holiday season possible but you know maybe that's something we need to uh, just um, you know we know Spread we're just going to get, get yeah get the word out to get everyone signed up for these programs it's free money get it yeah exactly right and and then um on the other end of it too um speaking of money it's not free but i did want to go back to score um and and just advocate uh, my personal experience with score Uh, being that i i went to a a bank said hey i'd like to get an sba loan i want to make this business purchase Um, you can also use sba loans for business expansion Um, that's a place where you can get money you can get money um, that is cheaper than maybe some money, you know, money putting a vast amount of money on a credit card wh- or getting a business loan that can be right. uh, paid off over five years or 10 years. You know, go for the cheaper money. It's a little bit more work, but they introduced me to SCORE. Um, SCORE was invaluable. I had two mentors that helped me through that process. I, I wrote out a business plan. Uh, and I took it to these, these two gentlemen. They, like you said, they were experienced in business. They had financial backgrounds. They, they knew. And they, they pressed on me. And they, they asked me questions. And they poked holes in my business plan. They yeah, poked holes in it. uncomfortable, right? Yeah, yeah, no, they totally did. And they, what they did was they prepared me to go into the bank with a solid business plan. That Here's how I look at, at banks. You, know, you can go in there. You can tell them all these great ideas. They're interested in one thing, and that's the bottom right. line. They're, they're interested in how this makes sense and, and whether they can sell this to the person who's going to give them money. So, so when you go through that process, you know that business plan is probably as as valuable um, or as as uh, as much of a tool that you can find in your toolbox when it comes to getting money for your business. It's that business plan when you go in front of a bank and say, "Hey, I want I want to borrow one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars." That business plan is going to be the difference between. Yeah a great deal and you're right you need someone to look at your business plan and uh, we like to say uh to call your baby ugly <laughs> yeah <laughs> right poke, poke holes on it and say here's all the things that's wrong with your plan let's help you find solutions to overcome those challenges right. 
because you're right. You've got to put your best foot forward at that bank when you're asking for big money like that. Right. And that score score was a great uh, precursor to that in a little preview. Say, yeah. hey, this is what they're going to ask you. And so you can flesh those things out and you can you can make it uh, a stronger business plan. You can you can make it. So when you pass that on to the person who's going to audit that, especially when it goes to to the SBA, which is so the government backs those loans, that gives you your best interest rate because the bank knows that the that the government has has signed off on this loan. So if the bank uh, can't collect from you, that the government is going to back them up. So that gives them a chance to lower their interest rate. Um, you obviously want to pay that off because that means that you you know establish your credit. It, it, it you know, everybody's a lot better off when you pay that off. Uh, but that's the reason why they do that because it lowers your interest rate to about five percent, whereas you know you can be at ten or fifteen percent with other um, other right. agencies where you're going to get money from. So, a uh, good shout out to them. I always love Score. I think they're one of the, the most fabulous organizations out there. Uh, these the the people that I worked with, um, they've actually they were retired at the time. They went on to to get back into business in other places. I have lifelong re relationships with them. Yeah, um, so uh, shout out to them. Shout out to to everything you guys have going on. Um, anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to um, to say in regards to what the chamber has going on, how people should, uh, what people can know about the chamber right now. I, I have one last pitch for you and for the, the folks listening. Uh, next Wednesday, Thursday, December 10th, we're having our State of the North County event. And that's uh, once a year, the Atascadero Chamber and the Paso Chamber come together and they put on a program uh, that talks about what's going on in our North County subregion. So this year, we'll hear from both the Atascadero and Paso Mayor, from Heather Moreno, and from Mayor Steve Martin. Uh, we will hear from the Economic Vitality Corporation, uh, giving us a an actual state of the economy. Now, is Mike still? Is he still over there? I, I know he was going to retire. He did. He retired. Okay. So now it's uh, Maria Kelly. Okay. Uh, and the Lorelei Kappel. Yep. Um, they'll be speaking. We have uh, a, a gentleman named Dan Baum, who is the founder of Shutterfly. And he's going to be talking about um, uh, reimagining your workplace, uh, which is really apropos for this time. And he is just an amazing entrepreneur, and he actually he lives in Templeton, believe it or not. That's amazing. And so he's just a wealth of knowledge and has started. Does he still companies. own Shutterfly? He uh, was the founder, and uh, he has since walked away from the company. Okay. Sold his portion. Okay. And he's gone on to start other. Uh, from what I understand, it's still a family-owned um, company, and I think they bought. Um, oh, the. Uh, Oh, well, we'll get back Probably. to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Flickr. Flickr. They bought they? Flickr. Okay. And I think that I bought that under their, their yeah. wing. Yeah. Okay. So. It'd be great to hear, hear from, from him. And we're going to be hearing from uh, Monica Gibbs, who's with uh, corporate AT&T out of uh, Los Angeles. Okay. And she's going to be talking about uh, incorporating diversity in the workplace. Okay. And uh, AT&T has... Uh, taking it on as a company to incorporate uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion policies at every level of their workspace. So they're going to be sharing best practices uh, and give everyone kind of a, uh, a, a top 10 guide of how to incorporate diversity practices in your workplace. So we'll be doing that. We have some uh, engaging exercises for folks to participate in. So it should be. A Is it going to be virtual? It is going to be virtual. Okay. 
and you can sign up on the Atascadero Chamber's website, atascaderochamber.org. And uh, just a really, uh, once a year we come together, we do this event every year, and it's a great way to learn what's going on and to learn something new. Absolutely, excellent. Yeah. It's always a good uh, event. I've always loved that event, uh, very informative. Um, and so if anybody out there is, um, is looking just to strengthen their network, strengthen their awareness of, of what is um, kind of the trends and the uh, opportunities in the North County, that's a great place to go, yeah. um, sign up. Um, and if you're not a chamber member, um, join the chamber. Um, you would not only be introduced to great people in the business community, but you'll have uh, offers and opportunities to uh, strengthen your business. Um, you know, they, it is in our best interest to remind everybody that the, uh, when times are good, advertise, and when times are bad, advertise more. Uh, that's right. one of the, that's one of the, uh, also the strengths of the chamber is, is you're, you're constantly being introduced and being uh, given an opportunity to advertise your business. You guys have um, uh, ways that you reach out to a thousand. How many uh, members are there right now? We have 500 members, but the reach is much larger. Probably about eight to 10,000 employees uh, citywide that we reach and we send newsletters to every Tuesday and Thursday. And people can, and as a part of their membership, they can get um, flyers sent out they with can. those. Yeah. Um, so great way to make sure your business is has its shoes tied and is ready for the race uh, starting right now. Uh, you know, never, never delay, never think I'm going to put this off until I have a New Year's resolution. Start right now. Get in touch with Josh down there. Uh, strengthen your business, strengthen our business community. Um, every time we do that, we make everybody here stronger. Uh, so, Josh, I want to thank you for coming on this morning. Thank you for sharing time and the, the Thanks, insight Dad. you had. Um, and, again, uh, you can go to atascaderochamber.org. Call. What's the phone number down there? Good question. 805-466-2044. All right. You, and you heard it here. Uh, thank you for coming on. This is the 13 Stars. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We the People podcast. Um, and we are getting uh, back on track. We took a, a hiatus um, for a number of different reasons. Um, none, uh, none the uh, – or. N <coughs> Uh, the least of all, the least of which was uh, the political season, um, and uh, we're going to come back strong. It's going to be a great season uh, coming into 2021 and finishing off 2020 well. Uh, we'll keep you guys up to date on what's going on in the business community and uh, culturally here in uh, San Luis Obispo County, especially the North County. Uh, so we will see you next time, and thanks for joining us, everybody.